just get pucked deep, you know, play the corners hard and see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we're back. Episode 58 of Just Dishing It. As always, joined by our fantastic world-class producer, Derek Hoskin. He will be joining us on stream today for his first ever on-camera interview, along with Toods and myself. Usually, he's the sixth man. He's the first guy off the bench, but we're bringing him Usually. in full time today. I love it. Usually. I'm we, got a little, we got a little uh, connection to our guests today, so we're going oh, yes. to get the 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 deep questions i guess very special <laughs> guest today we've been talking about this guy for a while we were finally able to make it happen shout out to derek on that one Tude's not gonna leave you hanging what's up brother one week from today as us as we are recording this the stanley cup playoffs start the only uh relevant team in this chat's gonna be the pittsburgh penguins so um i'm sure we're gonna have plenty to talk about on that so um, how you feeling as of today, Tudes, one week out from, from the Penguins starting their, their playoff journey? I wish I could tell you that I felt really good about them just winning the whole damn thing. But yeah, the Jari thing's not I don't good. know. The, yeah, the Jari, the Jari foot injury is scaring me a little bit. But Casey DeSmith, franchise record last week, most saves in franchise history in a shutout, uh, 52 saves, count them. Uh, so, yeah, he's played in know. the same in the same organization as a guy named Mark Andre Fleury, so that's pretty goddamn yeah. impressive. I don't know. I feel like what happens with these Penguins goalies, if it continues on this trend, is you get a guy that plays really well for a couple of years, and then his backup just comes in and plays unbelievable, and then you just get rid of him. So you know, maybe I'll be a Casey DeSmith fan next year. But <laughs> uh, um, you know, they might maybe maybe they met Murray uh, Tristan Jari. I hope they don't, but uh, yeah, oh, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, we gotta uh, also yeah. mention that Tudor is a playoff playoff goal scoring, uh, yeah, you know, playoff goal yeah, scorer now. An yeah. unbelievable shot. I mean, That's I, true. just well, just pure class. You know, it, I I told Benny before the game because I was filling in on a line for him with his uh, wrist injury with Cavo and uh, and Maddie. And I told him I was going to channel my inner Benny because he was our leading goal scorer uh, before he left, our leading point scorer. And Maddie yeah, goes to the corner, guy. hits me right in the slot, and uh, I now officially have more playoff goals in Buffalo than Jack Eichel ever did. So <laughs> how are you? <ya? laughs> oh, my God. We, we can't do an episode without taking a dig at Mr. Eichel. Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's too bad. It really is. But, um, you know, we laugh at it, so it, it is what it is. Provides us yeah. some good comedy on this show. All right, gentlemen, we've wasted enough time here. I'm super excited to talk to our guests this week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Scott Pooley. Get him in here. How How's doing? it going, guys? Up, Scott. Let's see. Oh, never mind. There we go. I was frozen for a second. All right, we're good. Scott, thank you for doing this, man. Uh, yeah, no, thanks for been? having me. How you been doing? Um, you're back in the States now? Yeah, I got back, uh, I think, two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago now. Nice, nice. How did you like it over there? What was the what was your experience over there in Europe? It was good. Like, it was, like hockey-wise, it was an awesome opportunity. Um, the town, it was a smaller town, but, like, the fans were awesome. They were really welcoming, everything like that. So, definitely, like, nothing bad to say about it. Obviously, it's a unique experience going over somewhere you don't speak the language or really know anything about it, but... Um, no, it was good. Like I said, the fan base was awesome. The team was 
really welcoming. The guys were awesome. So um, it was a good experience. What's it like in the locker room too? Like, are you, were you one of the only imports on the team or, you know, did you have some other guys that could speak English with you? Yeah, there were a few, like everyone spoke English. Um, kind of all the Finnish guys spoke Finnish to each other. So it'd be a lot of like, kind of just me tuning everything out. Um, <laughs> but we had a few guys, we had uh, Matt apt from um, Calgary played at RIT or from Edmonton played at RIT. Um, and then a kid named Tom Gregoire played in the queue, played in the American league. Uh, so we were the three North Americans, and then we had a Norwegian who spoke uh, English as well. So we were kind of like the f- group of four there. Nice. So I would kind of chat and hang out. So um, I had guys to hang out with and stuff. But, yeah, like a lot of – it was just a lot of Finnish most of the time and just kind of stuff getting translated to us secondhand. Yeah, I had to play with an RIT guy. I'm sorry, but <laughs> – Oh, good. No, Matt's an awesome guy, obviously. we play, It's funny. We played against each other in, in juniors in the Alberta League and then in college and then in, in the American League too. So we were kind of joking. We were finally on the same team. It was nice for once. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what did, see, one thing I always – you know, guys going overseas, playing over in Europe, especially, uh, you know, in a spot like Finland, it's like – how was the adjustment to like the food? Like, I feel like, you know, I'm, I don't know. I would be, cause I, I used to have, you know, I was a scrub in hockey, right? I didn't play really anything relevant, but like the pregame meal was always a big thing. I don't know if I'd be tr- being too adventurous over there, you know, pregame. How was that for you? Did you adjust pretty well to like the cuisine over there? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Like obviously they have their, their unique things that they, you know, I didn't touch some of it. I was like, I can't <laughs> eat that, but um what were some no. of the stuff where you said no? Um, I tried a lot of stuff. Like they eat like reindeer over there. And it's not bad. And like, so that wasn't bad, but just like some of their dessert, like they love black licorice. Oh God. Like oh, they on. just eat like, that's like their go-to candy over there for some reason. It's like all oh, black licorice and they're just like throwing it in their mouth. And I'm just like, Ugh. So yeah. it's at like every corner store and everything. Oh, God. Yeah, but like as far as the food, like the biggest thing, like the grocery stores were good and stuff. Like we had two huge grocery stores in town, which was super easy. But like the first few times we were there, my fiance and I, like we were in there for like three hours because we're like translating everything on our phones. Like not <laughs> yeah. like we're like, like every, there's pictures of things, but you're like, is that what we need? So you're like trying to translate everything. It was just an absolute battle with that. Um but all in all, it's pretty good. Like pregame meals, I started eating them at the rink, and it wasn't the best. Like I ended up cooking, um, so it was fine. Like nothing, nothing too outrageous to where like I was like super sick or anything like that. <laughs> That's um, always good. Obviously, there was a bit of an adjustment, but no, like they they eat super clean over there. So like there's ton of fruits and veggies and everything like super fresh all the time. So it, it was a pretty easy adjustment with that. No, I, I already kind of dove into you know obviously your latest stop over there in Finland, but. Um... I, uh, I want to kind of start from the beginning. Um, yep. Obviously, you're from the area. Um, you know Derek a while, too, obviously. But, like, growing up, what did, first got you introduced to the game? Like, was it, was it a parent? Was it a group of friends? Like, where did you first discover hockey? Yeah, so I was kind of born into it, to be honest. Um, my dad played uh, at Ohio State. that played a little pro and then kind of got right into coaching. Um, so I was born um, – Actually, then, like I was born the night that my my dad was uh, was an assistant coach at Lake Superior at the time in '94. Um, I was born like the night that they won the regional championship. Oh wow! Um, and then a week later, they went on and won the national championship. So like, I've kind of had hockey in my life since the day I was born, and 
um, just fell in love with the game from a, a really early age, uh, just being around the rink and kind of just being immersed in the game from, like I said, from day one, I just really learned to love it and was just always wanted to be at the rink. Like I, I know like after school, like all I wanted to do is go to the rink and watch practice and go on the ice with the guys or just like, and I obviously have the memories like being thrown in the cold tubs and stuff back in like, like the late nineties, like when I'm four or five, like I would get tormented, like throwing in the shower, throwing in the cold tub guys would just mess with me. But like, it, I, I loved it. Right. Like I just always wanted to be around it in like any aspect I could. Did that turn you into like kind of a prankster or a jokester in the room with the other guys? Did that grow on you at all? That early like, exposure? I, I'm going to be honest. Like I really want to be that guy, but any try, anytime I try and do it, it comes back on me tenfold. So <laughs> I've, I've learned just to kind of stay in my lane. That's awesome. Yes, Derek, uh, jump guess, in. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, so like our connection is, um, you know, little backstories, uh, you know, my best friend from, you know, kindergarten, uh, moved to Indiana um, and uh, you know, I would go and visit him every year. And then uh, his older brother became close friends with Scott um, in high school. They played on the same hockey team together. Um, and I got to know Scott, you know, hanging out uh, summer trips and stuff in Indiana. And I always knew that he would travel to Chicago to play for the mission. And I just like kind of want to know, like, what was your experience like, you know, growing up and living in Granger and like having to travel to Chicago and playing like and because like Chicago played all over the place like the mission yeah. played all over the place you guys were a pretty big program obviously yeah it, it was a lot um I, I it was I knew it was something I wanted to do right like it was kind of like that turning point in my hockey career like going from Indiana high school hockey to play for the mission um it was kind of like when I got really serious about it, I was like okay like this is what I want to do I want to I want to be a hockey player um so it was worth it, but it was a lot. And honestly, not just on me, uh, like my parents, and, and there was actually um, four families from, from South Bend and Granger that were, were playing for the mission. Um, myself, a guy on my team, and then um, two or one kid at the time um, from the other Notre Dame assistant coach's kid, um, who's actually with the Marlies now. He just signed with the Marlies from Notre Dame, which is great. And then, oh, nice. And then another kid who just plays, he plays at, um, at Arizona now, just like on the club team. But so our, our parents would really rotate like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, driving us all up to practice. We'd leave right from school and get back some days at like 1, 2 a.m. Wow. Um, so it was a lot of schoolwork in the car, a lot of naps. But um, like looking back on it from like my perspective now, like it was such a sacrifice for our parents to make and my parents to make, especially my mom, um, to just give us that opportunity to be able to do it. So. Because your dad was coaching at the time, yeah. right? Yeah. So a lot of it fell on my mom. And then obviously in the weekends, we were going to Detroit or Chicago or St. Louis or Boston or wherever we were going, right? So um, it was it was a tremendous opportunity. I'm really thankful for my family for being able to sacrifice for that. But um, yeah, the short answer is it, it was a lot. And I don't think I really realized it at the time. But looking back on it, it's like kind of crazy what we did. I'm sure it obviously helps you get like, I mean, being from like, because there really wasn't any too big of hockey programs in Granger, you know, that area. I know from, you know, Connor, you know, getting to know them over the years, it was pretty much high school hockey. So like obviously getting eyes on you to take that next step was probably tough unless you like really stepped into the spotlight at like a big city like Chicago It probably yeah. helped you, you know, progress your game as well as, you know, get you to that next step, like going, you know, going on to juniors. For sure. No, I agree with that. Yeah. How do you, how do you get involved right with the mission in Chicago from a couple hours away? Was that something where you just kind of 
before you guys showed up for tryout or was that something where a coach kind of caught wind of, Hey, there's, there's some good kids down there and reached out to you. Yeah. So I actually kind of, I went, so the, the three, the other three were playing there already. Um, my junior year of high school, I was just playing Indiana high school hockey again at the start of the year. And, um, was, I mean, was, was tearing it up. Like it was just kind of like, I had gotten to that point where I was like, knew I wanted to be a player, but it was kind of stuck there. Um, and then at Christmas time, my junior year, um, a guy named Austin Farley was on the team. He went, um, he was going to the USHL to play for Fargo. So a spot opened up and kind of through the connections, like with my dad and the other assistant coach that ran Notre Dame coach Slagert, um, my name kind of trickled into the conversation. So, um, was able to go up and kind of skate with the team, um, a couple days in a row, almost like kind of like a pseudo tryout, if you will. And then, um, I guess did good enough for them to take me or think that I could, I could cut it there. So, um, ended up playing only the half season, my junior and then the full season, my senior year. So, um, kind of got a fortunate balance a little bit with, with Austin leaving, um, for the USHL and then having that spot open up. So it was kind of like the stars aligned a bit for me. Yeah. Sometimes better to be lucky than it is good as they say, right? Just right spot, right time for sure. Um, so, I mean, what was kind of for you, you know, as you know, you mentioned you felt kind of stuck when you were, you know, before you made that jump. How did you kind of keep yourself into it? Because, I mean, as good as you were compared to the competition you were playing around in Indiana high school hockey, like, did you find yourself really having to, I don't know, talk with your dad at all or just like kind of refocus and know that you were going to get out of there somehow and, um, you know, just kind of still stay focused and keep playing at the level you were? Yeah, I think I, I think kind of like my sophomore year, maybe the start of my junior year a little bit, I was maybe just got a little complacent being kind of like one of those best guys on the ice, like just having fun playing and stuff. And um, I think I kind of flipped a switch like into that junior year to where like I, I kind of took working out a little bit more seriously. I kind of took – um, just kind of like working on my skills a little bit more seriously. So it, like you said, it was kind of like the right place, right time for me to be able to kind of continue that step. But yeah, it was, it, it was a lot. Like I, I was never the guy who really like kind of like fit in a ton of high school. Cause I knew like, it was one of those things where like hockey wasn't big in Indiana. Right. Like, yeah. like we had the guys who played, but it was basketball, it was football, like it was baseball. So like, I was the kid who like wanted to be the hockey player and I was always gone. And like, I didn't really like do much. I just always wanted to be at the ring. So, um, it, it was an interesting situation for sure, but um, it was it, w- it was nice to kind of get that opportunity just, I think, to prove to myself too, like, not only that I could, but also at the same time, I think it was that next step I needed to take to kind of like further my development instead of just kind of plateauing there. Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense, man. Um, you know, um, obviously... Take us through uh, one thing I wanted to ask too uh, regarding your dad. Obviously, being a pretty big time coach and you know Division One hockey and stuff like that, right? Um, was he kind of always in your ear about like again keeping you focused or like giving you little tips and tricks as far as like what coaches are looking for, what junior programs are looking for? Like, did you always feel like wow, I'm I'm kind of lucky that my dad does what he does because your average kid might not get this kind of information or did you just be like, my dad's my dad. I'm my own player. I just kind of do my thing. Yeah. I think, I think part of my love for the game even still to this day is because my dad didn't like force it on me by any means. Interesting. Um, 
he never really coached me growing up. Like he'd come on the ice with our like youth teams and stuff, but it wasn't really for me. Right. Like it was like, yeah. Um, like the, the Providence head coach or the Notre Dame head coach, like is coming on the ice. Like it was a big deal. Um, so it was good. I always kind of always wanted to do impress him, but at the same time, he kind of let me do my thing. And like, I know, I know, like, especially when I kind of got like a little older, like if I wasn't playing well, like I could kind of tell cause he'd like leave or I like, kind of like walk somewhere else. So like, <laughs> like things like that. And, He's probably going to listen to this and be like, why would you say that? But, um, <laughs> but no, like he, he was definitely always there supporting me and helping me. Like I, it was never like forced upon me by anything. A lot of it was like me asking or like approaching him about things, which was awesome. Um, and, and it was great too. Obviously it opened a little bit, uh, a few doors for me. Like I said, like get into the mission and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, it never felt like he was doing it for me. Like I felt like I always had to like, kind of like, even though like a door might've been open for me, like I had to earn my spot. And, and obviously after that, like, no, it wasn't really for him to open doors for me anymore. Going to juniors, going to college, like that was all on me. So, yeah. Um, no, I, I think we have a really healthy relationship about the game. And especially now that I'm kind of out of college and in my professional career, like we're able to just really talk freely about his team and my team and stuff. So it's a cool dynamic we have. And obviously a, a really bonding factor in our relationship. Yeah, it's probably cool. You probably guys bounce stuff off of each other. Obviously, like you would be yeah, the, the old, the he, old college player all the time. He like he'll call me and we'll be on Facetime and I'll be diagramming stuff. Like he's asking questions, what we do, and just trying to figure his stuff out. So it's cool that we're at the point where he feels that my knowledge is good enough within the game that he can ask me questions and, and advice a little bit, and it's not just me asking him all the time. Yeah, it's cool getting the like yeah. European style, you know, the European yeah. game style into it. Um, Did you uh. Did you ever get to play against any of his teams? Like when you were yeah, in college? Yeah, so when I was at Holy Cross, we played in the uh, we played in the Thanksgiving tournament in Notre Dame my junior year, and it was an it was an awesome it was an awesome experience. But I, it was just so emotionally like draining, right? Like I was so geared up for it and stuff. Like, but now and like I was glad it was over. Gripping the um, stick a little tighter in that game. Yeah, just like the whole build up and everything, and obviously like, people were writing articles about it. And and you're at like the that. nice at the nice new like ND barn, right? Too. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, And like yeah. I grew up every summer from when that rink was built, right? Like training it and stuff. So like it was kind of like a homecoming for me in a sense, um, or more than a sense because I'm from there, right? So yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a really good game. I was uh, talking about it the other day, actually. I think. They scored. We were, it was one-one, and then uh, I remember Cal Peterson kind of threw, tried to play the puck and threw it right to our guy, right at the beginning of the second, I think. Um, and we so we went up two-one, and then Anders Bjork got out there against our third D pair, and I think scored two like right back to back. Yeah, he's. And I think we I think we lost four-two with an empty netter. So yeah, good player, right? So yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I yeah, it was, it was a really fun experience, and we got to take my dad and I got to take a picture on the ice before the game and everything. So it was obviously a super cool memory for my family to have, not just the hockey game part, just the experience overall. So that was, that was the only time we played against each other, but um, it, it was obviously super memorable. That's that's awesome. I mean, there's not even even kids that have family members or parents coaching at any level i feel like it's so rare that you'd get to play against yeah. each other at that high of a level like yeah that's that's got to be awesome but so one thing you touched on earlier too so you played after chicago you went out to western canada played in alberta yep. a little bit 
How does a kid go from Indiana to Chicago to Alberta, Canada? <laughs> so they actually saw it. So I played in Fort McMurray, which is like 400 kilometers north of Edmonton. Like there's nothing north of Fort McMurray. <laughs> there's, there's, there's one highway. There's I think, it's, there's I think it's Highway 63, if I remember right. There's like a two-lane highway that takes you from Edmonton all the way up. Like no street lights, nothing. It's just wilderness, right? <laughs> um, but no, they, they their coaches were actually uh, at the USHL Combine when I was there, um, saw me, and then I, I think I went to Muskegon's camp my first year junior, got cut, um, and then I went up to Alberta, like went to their camp, and they offered me a spot. So I kind of just took it as like, it was my next step, right? Like that was the door that was opening, so that was what I needed to do. Um, but yeah, it was crazy, like 18 moving away. Like, not just away from home. I know a lot of people move, but, like, to this remote wooded area in Alberta. Not like, and, and it was awesome. Like, I obviously, I say, like, I, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't take that step, right? Um, but yeah. it, it was a crazy situation, like, from day one. Like, I think my one of my flights got delayed, so then I was, like, stranded in Ottawa alone. My cell phone wasn't working, so it was, like, time to grow up pretty quickly. Um, but it, it ended up being really good, like. I still talked to a few guys on that team and, and made some good friends on that team and stuff. So uh, it was a great experience. And then, um, like I said, like it was one that was turned out to be pretty vital in my progression as a player. Was there no. a, was there ever a point out there that obviously playing, you know, there, I'm assuming a lot of those guys were trying to push like to get to the, the WHL, mm-hmm. you know, play out West or play in some of the CHL like leagues. Was that ever a thought for you or was it a hundred percent USHL and then, you know, NCAA hockey with, yeah, you know, no, your dad I think coaching. for me it was always, yeah, it was always my goal to get like to the USHL or to get to college from there. Like I never really had the thought to go major junior, um, probably a partially because I wasn't good enough at that young of an age to, to probably take that step or to get the opportunity. But, no, I, I think growing up around college and stuff, it was just always my thought that I was going to go play in college somewhere. So um, that that was always my goal. Yeah, I guess like that's my, that was my next you know question was you know now you go all the way to Alberta. How did you uh, end up over in Holy Cross? You know, in Massachusetts, all the way or all the way over there. And, yeah, so it was crazy. So over there. after my first year in, in uh, after my first year Fort Mac, I went to uh, I got back home and I went to. Uh, Omaha's camp um, got like a last minute invite. It was like a whole thing. They told they said they were going to draft me that year for the USHL. Didn't then like got like a last minute invite, like one spot left. Um, wow. Did really well at camp. Um, everyone thought I was going to make the team, right? Like talking to coaches, talking to um, like other players that were returning. Like it just felt like I was going to make the team. And then I remember. Like they like after the All Star game, there was like a big hallway and we're all sitting in it, right? Like waiting to get the decisions. And I was at the back and they called my name first. So I have to walk past like fifty kids or whatever it was. Oh. And they brought me in and ended up like, Yeah, we love you, but we're not gonna take you. So they cut me. Um, a day later, literally was home for one day, just had played like just had played like seven games in five days or whatever it was, right? Like you, those camps are just insane. Mm-hmm. Um, one day got a last minute invite to Muskegon's camp. Went there, did really well again. I think I had like a hat trick in the All-Star game. Again, got cut. So I went back to Alberta for the start of the season. And then um, like a day or two before the regular season started in the USHL, Muskegon called me. He was like, hey, like we'd like to bring you back. Wow. So I, like, I had to go into the coach's office in Alberta and kind of like essentially traded myself. 
<laughs> um, but it, it was the hardest decision ever. Like our coach, our coach in, uh, in Fort Mac was kind of one of those guys that you feared a little bit. Like you respected the hell out of him, but you were kind of scared of him too. <laughs> Where so, are you going to go? It's all woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you're, I'm like, I was 19 at the time walking in there like, Hey, yeah. So, uh, Muskegon called me. He's like, just get to the point. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I ended up, I ended up trading myself kind of like that flew out of Fort Mac I think I got into Green Bay like Saturday morning at like 2.30 in the morning, met the team that morning, like showed up like just and then played that night and then was there the whole season. So I uh, kind of got recruited out of there, but it was just such a like looking back on all these things, it's just like such a crazy experience, right? Like, yeah, going back after getting caught, like trading myself, flying out. It's just like the whirlwind it was, but. Yeah, so I ended, ended up getting back to Muskegon and then uh, committed to Holy Cross uh, at, at Christmas time. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it feels like that's a lot of people's journeys throughout hockey. It's just yeah. there's always so many twists and turns and unexpected things. No matter how good you are, there's always you're always thrown for a loop at some point in, in the your come up in your career. Yeah. But um, I want to dive in a little to the Holy Cross stuff because I mean just. Just looking, just solid numbers. You you know played most of the games, but I mean you were in the twenties, the low twenties for your first three years, and then you jump all the way to thirty four in points for mm-hmm. for your point totals. Was that just you know you had the experience at that point? Was it you know more playing time? Did you change something in the off season training? Do you can, anything you can attribute to that? No, I, I think I just I actually I so my senior year actually had a really good first half. Stop crushing beer so much in the offseason. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it was a contract. Like, honestly, if you ask my teammates, they'd probably say, "Yeah, I did." Let's stop <laughs> doing that. But um, no, I had a really good first half my senior year. Kind of um, had a lull my junior year. wasn't really happy with it, and then uh, so my senior year came out just kind of with a different fuel behind the fire. Um, really good first half. I think I was leading the nation. I was tied for the lead of goals in, in the nation with uh, Bjorkstr- Borkstrom or whatever from Denver and oh. then uh, leading the nation in power play goals. And then the second half, I think I scored like two goals. Oh, wow. Like I would have like eight, nine, 10 shots a game. Couldn't score. Oh, it was terrible. Way. Yeah. Um, so it was super frustrating. I was going through a lot of stuff mentally with that. Like, I think I let the pressure get to me with it and stuff too. Like, right. You have success in the first half and people start talking and yeah. talking to you and things like that. And, I definitely think it was a, a, a combination of a lot of things, but uh, didn't really have a great second half and was fortunate enough to, to get that American League opportunity with Toronto after my, at my senior year. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was great to have that success. I'm a little pissed off still. I finished at 98 career points in college. Ah. Um, yeah, so like it's, that one's just kind of one of those things that stings. Everyone wants to get to 100 points. but For sure. Um, but no, I mean, Holy Cross was great. It was... Again, it was kind of it was my only offer. It was my only college offer. Um, oh wow! I told myself I wanted to be committed to Christmas. My that second year juniors, I didn't want to play my overage year juniors and have to go to school and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I told myself like Christmas was my deadline, and that was my only offer. So I, I kind of again just like same thing as Fort Mac, right? Like just thought just saw it was my right. next step and the next opportunity that I needed to take, and that's where I went. Yeah, that's that was awesome. yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I got to see you two times while you were yeah. playing Canisius, you know, every other year you would get to play Canisius uh, here in Buffalo. Got to see you put one home. I think the first, the first time that you guys played, 
uh, played them. It was it was really cool to see. Um, you know, I guess do you have any like you know good memories from your your time at Holy Cross? Like any good D one memories? You know, before you went off to pros, or you know what what was a significant time at Holy Cross? For, you know, for you? Yeah, I think, I, I think, like like Benny, you said, like I played a lot, right? Like I played almost every game. Yeah. And and I think that was huge for me to develop. Um, obviously I wanted to go to, to Notre Dame. I wanted to go to the, the big 10 schools, like, right. Like everyone does. But, um, like, again, looking back on it now, like if I would have went to one of those schools, like, yeah, it would have been cool, but I probably would have been a healthy scratch majority of my four years. Yeah. And, and I don't know if I would have got that opportunity early on to prove myself. So, um, to going to Holy Cross and, and really being able to play and develop and not just kind of practice and sit in the stands. It was, it was huge. Um, and obviously made my lifelong friends and met my met my fiance at school and nice. and, and have obviously a, a ton of guys just not just from my grade but I think that's the beauty of the program there is is the whole hockey program is so close it doesn't matter if you went to school with a guy or you didn't like you still hang out like I think a couple, like last summer we got a huge golf group together and it was guys like I didn't even know but it was still like the stories that went around and stuff you, yeah. you'd think you spent four years with them so. Um, it was a pretty special place, and, and I'm really thankful that I had the opportunity to go there. It was a pretty small school, right? Yeah, it's like 2,700, 3,000 tops. Yeah. Wow. Were there any other schools in the mix uh, in the conversation for you when you picked Holy Cross? Yeah, like I talked to I talked to other schools, and I went on a visit to Ohio State where my dad went, um, fell in love with the place, and then kind of ended really badly. Um, like they ended up. I mean, I won't get into it, but it, it turned, it was like, I was ready to go there and then kind of the option was taken away. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I like talked to some schools. I talked to Ohio state, um, talked to some other places, but no offers really came. So, um, I kind of just took that as, like I said, I set that deadline and I kind of took that as that was where I was meant to go. So, um, that's where I decided to go. Who's the best, uh, who's the best player you played against in D1 that like your average hockey fan might know. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, for you guys, obviously, Anders Bjork. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. With the Sabres yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, Cal Peterson with LA, like that, on that Notre Dame team. I'm, I'm trying to think of other teams. Like we played against, we played against BC. Like Joe Wall was the goalie. He's with the Marlies now. I lived with him mm. last year. He's a really good friend of mine. Um, trying to think. We, we played, played BC, played Quinnipiac. I think I played against, uh, oh, geez, I don't even know. It's all a blur. Yeah, sure. um, so many passing I, I think i think gillies was a goalie um at providence one of my years when we played him like, oh cool so there's definitely some good but yeah I, I mean probably like peterson anders bjork like those guys on that notre dame team which is yeah like, like obviously having unbelievable careers right now in the nhl so what's yeah. what's the adjustment there right so like obviously like i i went to canisius obviously didn't play you know beer league all-star but uh <laughs> you know uh, i i watched a ton of atlantic hockey over the years, went to all the home games. I was probably in the crowd with a beer in my hand booing you when you scored, you know, at Harbor <laughs> Center. But, um, you know, what it, when you go and you're playing Atlantic hockey and then you play a Notre Dame with a guy like Bjork on it, you know, obviously, like, there's not an – there's not a Bjork in Atlantic hockey, but you have a lot of really good players. Do you have to adjust your style for those games or is it hard to just say like, Hey, we got to stay within ourselves and play our game. Like we can hang with these guys. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both, right? Like, you kind of got to be aware to where those guys are because, like you said, you're not playing against that caliber of player every night. Yeah. Um, I do think a lot of it is just trying to play your game because, like, if you've looked at the NCAA tournament, like, in a lot of years, like, teams, like, those number one seeds have had a lot of trouble with Atlantic teams, even if they're oh, 16 yeah. teams or 16 seeds. So, like, it's it's not like Atlantic hockey's bad hockey. I feel like it has a bad rep in a lot of, in a lot of eyes. But there's a lot of good players in that league. I think when you do play those top caliber teams at times, like the depth can get hurt a little bit. Like you, you, you have like like those top six, top nine that are like right there, right? Like could have been at those schools too. But it's like sometimes if you get a little mismatch, like against like if Anders gets out there against your fourth line or something, like he can do damage. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, that's, I, I, I've, been, I've been telling people that for for a long time watching Atlantic hockey. I'm like, there's some studs in here. Wasn't it this year, even AIC won it and they made a nice little run. Uh, yeah. Tournament as well. I mean, and they were, I mean, I don't know when you were there, AIC was pretty bad for a while. Right. Yeah. So they were, (laughs) I think it was like my first two years for sure. It was like point night every time, (laughs) (laughs) like every time. Um, and then yeah, they kind of started like my junior year. I think they're, that uh, I think Lang's their new coach. Like I think he got in there and started to turn it around. And then my senior year, they were like, they were up there, right? Like they, I mean, they did better. They finished better than us. Like they were, they were a really good team. So it, it's it's honestly like, I'd love to see that happen with Holy Cross and have them be the top team. But it's exciting to see what they've done, right? Like going from the caliber that they were to the caliber that they are now. Yeah. Like they've in the last. I mean, I think they've won Atlantic Hockey like four years in a row. Right. It's, and it's it's exciting to see because they're, they're nationally ranked. And I do think that's great for the league, right? Like to show yeah. that there are those teams. Definitely. And, and I think, and, and they're close, right? Like, like they were close to having an at-large bid this year. So like if they got beat in the finals, like there might've been two Atlantic teams in the tournament. I think that'd be huge for that, that conference. And just, I think people forget too college hockey. There's only what, like 61 division. Yeah. I think, teams it's like, or something I think like it might that. be going to like 63. There's a couple joining, but yeah, like there's not that many. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, they're those those teams are more stacked than probably any other Division One sport out there. So it's for sure it's yeah. incredible. But um, you know, one thing I kind of wanted to ask you too, while we're still talking about college, is with your dad being a coach and you obviously being around that as a kid, is that a thought for you at some point down the line later on in your career where you think you might want to coach? Yeah, I was actually talking to my dad about this today. Uh, I, I'd love, I'd love to do something within hockey, whether it's scouting or coaching. Um, it's obviously my passion in life, right? Like it's kind of, I was saying like, it's all I know. It's kind of all I've grown up around. Like I've never seen another, my dad never did anything else. Right. So it's not like I've seen any other aspect of life per se. Um, but yeah, so I'd love to do something with hockey, whether it's really anything. Um, obviously coaching would be awesome. It's just about finding the right opportunity kind of like playing. So, um, whether that comes an opportunity or not, like we'll see, but, um, yeah, I would, would love to, to do something within hockey for sure. That's, that's awesome. Man. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting, right? Cause you got to think about like, you know, hockey at some point for everyone, right? Like for sure. whether, whether you're 30 or whether you're, you know, Yarmir Yager, like, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> some, it's some point that transition happens, but for yeah, sure. coach coaching such a, an interesting way to stay involved in the game. I'd have to imagine, right. Just the, the mentality and handling so many different personalities, yep. but you know, you're learning from one of the best, right? <laughs> yeah, no, he, my, my dad is, 
I mean, he's been awesome. Just talking to guys that he's coached, like everyone respects him so much. Like, but yeah, I think you hit it. Like, it, it's a, a lot more goes into coaching than like meets the eye, right? Like, yeah, I think a lot of people just see like, oh, yeah, they're on the ice running practice, and then they're on the bench coaching the games. Like, like you said, it's a lot of juggling personalities. It's fine. Like, it, a lot more goes into it than than the average Joe might imagine. So, Scott, I wanted to jump in a little bit. Obviously, a big point in your career um, after you leave Holy Cross there. Um, take us through, you know, your time with the Marlies. You have a, you've had a few different stints there. Um, I mean, how did the, you know, from the beginning, you know, when you leave Holy Cross, was were talks going on, you know, pretty much right away once you finished up? How did, how did that all transpire? Yeah, so um, a few guys, like, a few guys in my grade signed Coast deals to go play. Um I had a few American League off or interests, not offers. Um, I think Laval was was kind of in the mix. Toronto, um, pro- maybe a couple others, but um, I think Toronto seemed like they were the most serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, and it was, they had such a good team that year, right? Like they won the Calder Cup, so it wasn't, um, it wasn't going. I wasn't expecting to go in and like play every game or anything like that. But it was just like the way they presented is like you can come in like just learn what it means to play pro hockey, like be around the team, be around the development staff, like just really work yeah. on those skills. And I was fortunate enough to get into a few games there, but um, yeah, it was a great opportunity. And like I said, like their team was so good. Um, yeah. And like, like Ben Smith was their captain. He played at Boston college, um, won the cup with the Hawks. And like, he was super welcoming. And actually he knew my dad from back, like when he was getting recruited for college. Oh yeah. Um, so he kind of made that connection and, there's a few other guys there like uh, Colin Greening, like their older leadership group were so welcoming that it made the transition like a lot smoother than it might've would, would have been if you kind of like went in and no one was really like talking to you or anything like that. So I'm yeah. super thankful for those guys. Cause it made me feel like welcome right away. So that, you know, the first season there with the Marlies, you know, a few games played, then you played five, you know, got a tuck. I see yeah. that you got, got the first pro goal. Love to see it there. But, um, and next, you, you jumped in and went to Newfoundland in the ECHL. Um, so is that the year you played with Kessner? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously had a very successful year there. Kind of take us through the whole, you know, what what kind of happened? Was that talks with, with Toronto? Like, hey, um, we want you to get some minutes, um, you know, that kind of thing. Go go to the, the coast a little bit, or how did that work out? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think if you look at Toronto's roster even right now, like, I think they have, like, 35 guys on the roster. Yeah, like they, it's tough. Like Toronto is super <laughs> deep as an organization, so it was kind and of like expected that I was going to be going down at the start of that year, um, which was like obviously still like a little rattling, but at the same time, like like Newfoundland was the best time I've ever had playing hockey. Yeah, like we were just a young group of kids who didn't know any better, right? Like we had our leaders who were older and stuff, but like the core of our team was a bunch of first year hockey, first year pros. That's awesome. Uh, so 30, it was, it was 31 so goals fun. doesn't hurt either. No, it doesn't. And I, and I did. I, I will. I will say that I did lead the lead, lead the league in empty netters that year. Nice. Uh, so and my first American League goal is an empty netter. So nice. Um, you take them while, where you can. Yeah. You know? So I, I'm kind of throwing myself under the bus there because usually it's what. They well, don't Scott, here's the thing goal. though. Everyone forgets this. I think about empty net goals. You got to be good enough to the, that they want you on the ice when the nets I, when they're yeah. the nets empty. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You, I'll you take gotta, it. No, yeah, uh, yeah but no, it was awesome, and, and that was such a fun group, right? Like, um, I still talk to a lot of guys on that team, and um, and and uh, like there was call ups here and there, but like we going into playoffs that year, like 
we just knew we were going to win. Like it wasn't even a question in, in our locker room. Like there was no doubt. It was like, all right, who are we playing? All right, next, next, next. <laughs> like it, we were talking about it after. Um, and it was one of the guys, I can't remember who said it, but it was like, man, like it would have been really weird if we didn't win. <laughs> like that's how, that's how confident yeah. we were as a group. And like probably, probably a little bit was just like us being young and, and naive a little bit to how hard it really is to win. Um, no matter at the level, but it was, it was just such a fun group, fun time. The city was like unbelievable. Like like that last game was like, I, we were no way we were under capacity, like even close, like, like the rafters are coming off that. Place. Oh, you had it at home too, to win it all. Yeah. So we played Toledo and that fan base is unbelievable. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. So we won it. We, uh, we won the first two games in overtime in the finals. Kessner scored the first. Um, the of first the program. overtime of the program. winner in game one, and then I got the second one. I'll give myself a little uh, love there. but um, And then we went to Toledo, lost game three, won game four, lost game five, could have won either way, and then we ended up winning it in game six. Nice. Um, so it was unbelievable, just the, the, the fans and everything. Like It was such a such a cool experience, right, like in our first year pro and in and, and any year, but um, just kind of for us to be able to do what we did with that group, it was awesome. Yeah, you love to see it too. I mean, obviously, leads the league in empty netters, thirty-one yeah. talks. But I mean, a plus twenty-three. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's beautiful. We love stat. We love plus-minus on this show. It's an underrated stat these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With all the analytics and stuff now too, it's just like, oh, ex- he's got a okay plus-minus, but his expected goal graph chart yeah. thing's really high. So only yeah. only 23 pims though we could have beefed that up a little bit uh, <laughs> yeah and honestly honestly though like i should have got i should have probably had less i i got a five for fighting and i didn't deserve it i kind of got jumped and didn't oh. even get a punch even close um, just a, a, a taking taking you with them kind of thing yeah, like it was. I remember it was in Reading, and it was just like a, it was one of those games. It was like a scrum in the corner. And the next thing you know, I see the gloves fly off. I'm kind of like he's holding me down already, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on here. Oh, yeah, you can say we are good. We are good. What's um, the, what's the transition like, play style wise, between like when you were going up and down from like Toronto or yeah, Toronto with the Marlies and the AHL to the ECHL? Like, is there a big adjustment there, game to game? Um, no. So the way the, the Leafs run their organization, it's like, it's the same top to bottom. Okay. So like, if you're, if you're on the Marlies, you can step right into the Leafs. If you're on the Growlers, you can step right into the Marlies and like vice versa going down. Like we, they, they run it in a way to where like, we're all playing the same way. So you like it's a, like, they, they view it as like, you're learning the system. So like when you get, you're learning. So when you get to the Leafs, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Right. So. Um, obviously it's I didn't smart, get that opportunity, smart, smart but way to go about it though. But if, if I were to get that opportunity, I would have known what I was doing. Yeah. Is that, I, is that something that a lot of organizations don't do? Um, I, I, I in talking, I, obviously I never played in another yeah. organization, um, in North America, but like talking to, talking to team uh, guys, like, yeah, some teams don't do that. Like they have bits and pieces, but like the co- got coaches and the coach want to play their way or something like that. So, I think Toronto's kind of leading the charge in that regard of like really uniform. Um, and I, and I could be wrong, but just kind of hearing from other players and stuff like I know it's not the same. 
Yeah, that's always kind of the the rumblings too of the consistency level of the Toronto organization for sure. Um, you yeah, know, I mean, kind of yeah, top to bottom. You always hear about that. I feel like it's it's top notch. Like it's it's the way we're treated as players, like from the organization. It's like the Marlies probably get treated better than some NHL teams, and the Growlers for sure get treated better than some American League teams. Oh, that's pretty awesome. That's great to hear. I mean, and then I guess like, you know, tra- transitioning to, you know, your experience, uh, obviously COVID kind of shut everything down. I remember yeah. us talking, you know, during all of that, you're playing a lot of video games and just working out a bunch. So much just, Xbox. Like, and just, <laughs> I mean, we were all doing, you know, all the same. It's not, you know, nothing different over here, but you know, I was asking, I remember asking you, you know, like what your next move was. And you said, you know, trying to figure out what it was. And then, you know, I guess just take me through, you know, the next moves of going over to Finland and like what led you to that that yeah. decision and like how, how's it been and, you know, the transition yeah, so, from North America to Europe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's different for sure. Um, I was in, so I was in Toronto, right. And I had, so my second year in Toronto or my second full year, um, I ended up playing like 30 games with the Marlies, did really well on the coast at the start of the season, so got called up and, and was doing really well, right? Like kind of earned some power play time, was PKing a bit. Um, so then coming into that third year, I, I thought it was like, all right, like here's my year, right? And then COVID hit and then we had, they brought in every prospect, every team did, right? Like you bring in every prospect. So they, I, I went from playing pretty regular on the power play and stuff to no special teams and play in three, four minutes a night on the fourth line that third year. So um, wasn't really producing much. Um, and then my agent called me and said like a team from Finland was interested um, if I wanted to talk to him. So I was like, yeah, sure. Like I'll take the call. And um, they, I liked what they were having to say. It sounded like it'd be a lot more opportunity playing wise, which is something I wanted. Um, obviously the money was, was good too. Like, so that's enticing. Oh yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like it was just, it, it was more of an opportunity for me to play, which is, which is what I wanted. And, and obviously like if I wanted to keep playing hockey, I was going to have to be able to prove myself and show that I was good enough. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was definitely an adjustment going over there. Like the playing style is super different. Like not even just because the ice size, it's just like the playing style in general, like it's such a possession game. Like there's really not much dumping. Like you don't like in North America, it's pucks to the net, right? Like get it over the blue line, get it to the net. Like there, it's like cut back, possession, regroup. Like I, we would have shifts where we'd regroup three, four, five, six times in a row. Oh, wow. Just because like we didn't like what we said. Like the team we played in the first round, uh, Tapra, they ended up beating us. But they, they, they trapped. Like it was insane. Like it wasn't even like hockey. <laughs> like they, they played a 3-2. Like if we had possession, like regrouping, like they wouldn't forecheck. Like three guys on the blue line, two guys, the D-man on the red line, just back up. Wow. Yeah. Like, so the, so it's like getting, like, you guys are like getting into like soccer. It's basically like, getting yeah, into it's soccer. like, it, it really crazy. is like soccer. Like if you don't like what you see, just bring it back and restart. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So just wait that, for someone to mess up in coverage. And yeah, is that, exactly. is that something all those Finnish players like grew up playing yes. that style of hockey? And then you guys from North America go over there and first practice. You're like, what the hell is this? Yes. <laughs> it, took, it, took, it took for sure it took me like a month to adjust to be honest because like like so for example like like coming out of the d zone right like weak side wing always pushes the pace in north america backs the d off creates space that's a huge no-no over there wow. like you're you stay wide you stay in your three lanes you fill your lanes like if the puck comes back you do a tight turn come back tight turn again so like just the skating aspect like it was a huge adjustment 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then like in the ozone, like I'd be throwing pucks from the goal, the goal line to like create rebounds or like get whistles and stuff. And they're like, what are you doing? Like guys are yelling at me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Would they yell at you in Finnish or English? A little bit of English, and then they'd start yelling Finnish to each other. So I'm like, well, I know you're talking about me. Um, <laughs> no, so it's it's super different. Like, it, And there is something to be said about the style because I think it can be very effective. Um, yeah. But it, as, as far as the adjustment and stuff, like it's, it's definitely super different coming from North America going over there. As, yeah. as I'm sure it is for those guys coming here. Right. Do you think that could work in North America? Like, do you think if an NHL team just decided, like, hey, we're going to do this, like, do you think there's any chance or would they get kind of shredded? I feel like it's so situational, though, right? Like, it depends on the, I feel like it's so matchup oriented where I fear teams at points in games of like a playoff series probably do it more than we realize. But again, I don't think it's like the game plan. I don't know. Obviously, Scott knows better than me. Just my observations and my thoughts on it there. I feel like it's just much more situational, though, right? Yeah. Like, I think, like, I think some aspects for sure could work, but like, like one that I don't think could work at all is like, for example, like, let's say I get a pass in the neutral zone and like feel that we want to change. Like, I'm like in North America, right? I'm dumping that in, maybe like hold, like holding the forecheck to let my new line mates get on the ice and then I'll yeah. change. Where, like, here, like, they want me to literally, like, cut back with it or just throw it back, like, let the D get it, like. And then make So, it like, change. I think that'd be yeah. interesting in the NHL because, obviously, like, smaller sheet and stuff. Yeah. So I, I do think, like, some possession stuff, but as a whole, I think it's just, like, the big sheet makes a huge difference in the playing style. It's crazy because it seems like it's so much faster over in Europe, but when you break it down and describe it like that it's so much slower of a game actually. it's it's a very yeah like it's just it, it looks faster because like you don't stop yeah like i just i skate like in north america it stops and starts in europe i'm just skating in circles just regrouping regaining speed like <laughs> you get yelled at for that here <laughs> yeah exactly so it's, exactly so it's definitely super different but yeah it's you slow the game down a lot and then like you wait for your opportunity then you go so it's like when it happens it happens quick but the buildup could take, like I said, three, four, five regroups in a row, just waiting for that one spot to open up. I guess that makes sense why, you know, like we saw, you know, being Sabres fans, seeing all of the highlight reel goals that Darlene was scoring over. Yeah, because he just like, winds it up. He would just, yeah, he would just wait, <laughs> wait until they would, they must would just regroup and then he would find yep. a lane and just take it and run with it pretty yep. much. That uh, makes a lot more sense then. Yeah, that's, that's super interesting. Um, well, Scott, I mean, like, for you now, you're, you're, like you said, you're back over here in North America, but like, what's next for you? Like, are you already training for, you know, off season stuff? What's kind of, what's next for you in your pro yeah, I took a, I took a couple weeks off. I just got back into the gym today. Um, probably won't skate for a little longer. Just let more guys filter back in and stuff. But uh, yeah, like I'm pl- planning on going back to Finland for my second year. Um, after that, who knows? But um, yeah, just kind of. So did you sign a two-year contract with them? Yeah, so I signed a one plus one. So they had like a team oh, cool. option. Um, so that plus thing. 28, I think you had this past season. They're like, yeah, we're bringing them back. Yeah. <laughs> um, almost, almost. I think I almost, I think the top guy was like plus 31 in the league. So I almost had him. Led the league oh. in shots though. Led the league in shots. Oh, yeah. That's the, that. the North. Attempts. Well, that's because you're not stopping and starting so much. You got all that energy to rip them. So, like, they count shot attempts over there. So, like, I could literally come across the blue line and fire a slap shot, like, 10 feet wide, and it's like, all right, tick. Nice. (laughs) That helps the negotiations. Yeah, so it's like – and they, like, they have stats on everything over there. But, 
um yeah i remember watching like i think you guys had Cass on the show right and, yeah um he was saying like the running and stuff like it's it's legit um it's like, oh, like the the off ice training and shit. Oh yeah, yeah, like, I bet. It's like oh, you, you got the running the soccer training programs over there. I bet. Like we had like I think that with COVID and everything, I think we had like sixteen games in twenty six days to finish the season. Oh wow. my god! And we had we had one day off that whole time. Oh man! Like we, our days off would be like all right, go to the rink, all right, as a team, go for a run, and then come for a stretch. And it's just wow. like we played we just played a back to back, and we're like got back at two a.m. We got to the, right, get to the rink at eleven. And we'll go for a run. It's like, oh my gosh! <laughs> so it's definitely a, it's definitely a way of life over there for sure. Kind of like you were saying too. It's like they just grow up not knowing any different, right? Yeah. So it's like to them, it's just second nature. And to to the imports, we're like at the back of the line, just dying. <laughs> <laughs> played played fifty five games in six months, and now we're going for a fifteen minute run. <laughs> you, um, so who do, who do you skate with, and where do you work out when you're home in the off season? Um, so I, I've, um, I work out at a gym in Foxborough, um, with the, the guy who owns the gyms, Brian McDonough, he's the Patriots strength coach. Oh, wow. Um, and then he's been doing hockey guys forever. It's at like a, a youth rink, like the upstairs part of a youth rink in Foxborough. Um, so it's, nice. it's a really good group of guys, like a ton of NHL guys, a ton of American league guys. Um, and then we all skate together. We work with a skill coach. Uh, well, guys got to kind of do their own thing, but the guys I skate with, we work with a skills coach named Adam Nicholas, um, who just actually got the head uh, player development job with Montreal. Oh, so it's a really, it's a really good skate. It's a really good group. Like I love being out there with those guys. Um, so that's kind of my plan again this summer, just work out in Foxborough and then skate with, with that group. Hopefully if everything goes according to plan, um, yeah, um, so that's I live just here in Rhode Island now, so just drive up every day. Nice, good stuff. Very cool, man. I'm sure yeah. the off season mass uh, area probably gets some good, pretty, uh, pretty good uh, off. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking that, yeah. Derek. A lot of talent yeah. to go around yeah. there. A lot of good. So players. it's fun. We actually have they actually uh, there's a three on three league too. They do it at a prep school, probably like an hour from where I'm at, it's like a Monday nights, and it's it's unbelievable. Like. Connor Garland, like just like not to name drop guys, but like no, nah, we like we we appreciate yeah, no, name drops. <laughs> but, but like you just see well. like you get to see like how good players are in those situations, right? Because it's on one of those mini rings where it's like literally like not even a zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like just like the deception of Connor Garland and just like Colin White's skill and just all the things that these guys all all they do. It's just like you can see why they are where they are. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's just like, it's unbelievable. But it's just like, for me, I love the opportunity to be able to like be out there with those guys. Right. And, and work with those guys and compete against those guys. Cause that's what makes yeah, you better. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's a really good group and they're all great guys. So it's not like it's, it's, it's a pain or anything. Like it's really fun being out there. Well, we're getting kind of short on time here, but I did want to ask um, funniest story that you have like i don't know if it's a prank or just like your oh shit moment like wow i'm playing pro hockey do you have anything good that you could share for the audience here just like any sort of like your funniest story throughout your pro career well i'll go i guess the first thing that came to mind right and it's like goes along with the pranks it wasn't me but like we played when we were in newfoundland we had our florida trip coming up and uh we uh we played two puck, the full team two puck, and the loser had to get a full spray tan for the Florida trip. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's really like an oh shit, welcome to pro hockey, but yeah, I mean um, that's that's some good shenanigans. It's we definitely like that. the funniest story. So a guy named Todd Skirving, another RIT guy, 
um, he ended up losing. So when we got down to Florida, we had to go get a spray. He had to go get a full like spray tan as dark as possible, right? Like um, oh, man, we duct taped his number and his name on his back too. So like, oh, that's great. It was like, <laughs> and it actually it actually backfired because like the the place those tanning salon or whatever we went to like didn't offer like the really dark like super bronze like color we were going for. Like he's one so of those like, came, like, minus, guys. Like, minus the number on his back, like he actually came out looking pretty good. Oh. <laughs> and everyone was super pissed right because like it was this whole build up and like even him like he lost and he was so rattled yeah he's like freaking out like i gotta get the spray tan and everything so that was yeah. probably like one of the funniest things i can remember but um welcome to pro hockey honestly like i think it was probably like my first american league game because it was it was a kind of a crazy day um with toronto i hadn't played at all like toronto had a three and three they said i was going to get into one and then, like, so Friday came, didn't play. Saturday came, didn't play. Then Sunday came. It was, like, an afternoon game. And I wasn't in the lineup, so I was going to the rink for, like, the non-dresser skate again. And I guess someone called in sick. Um, so, like, like, woke up not feeling good. So I ended up, like, was at the rink at, like, 7.30 in the morning. Ended up going home, like, back to the hotel trying to figure out where to eat my pregame meal. Um, <laughs> and then, like, played, and it was – like it was on NHL networks, so like a bunch of the Holy Cross guys watched, and, oh, wow. and I ended up scoring. It was against Springfield. I ended up scoring an empty netter. Like they put me out there, um, one goal game. I think it was one, one, one or two one. I think um, was out there, and I ended up shooting it from like I blacked out and ended up shooting it from like the top of the circles in the D zone off like a scrum. And like oh, wow. right when I shot it, I'm like, oh no, like this has to go in, or I'm never playing again. <laughs> um, so luckily it went in, but. Um, just like having that memory and like being able to see it, like have people like tweeted at me on the replays and stuff. Yeah. Like, I think that was kind of like my moment. Not like I made it, but it's like, okay, like I'm playing pro hockey. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Love that. Well, Scott, yeah. look, thank you so much for doing this. Um, you know, we'll have to catch up down the line. Some, po- some points. Yeah. yeah your sure. next season goes, this was a blast. Um, like I said, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, good luck in the off season. Um, you know, hope workouts and everything goes well. And uh, good luck this coming season if we don't talk to you. Thanks for taking yeah, the time with us, man. No, thanks for having me on, guys. This was awesome. Yeah, Anytime, man. Anytime. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this week on episode 58 of Just Edition It with Scott Pooley. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.